Good morning. And as so often, we call this place God's house, and if we are all God's children, then welcome home. I want to give you a moment to feel the presence of God. So we'll just take a moment to take a few deep breaths. Let's worship the living God. Please rise and body your spirit for the call to worship. Sing to God a new song. God has done marvelous things. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. For God is still doing marvelous things. Break into joyful song. God is coming to judge the world with grace, love, and equity.
be seated. And I want to welcome you here to worship at Westminster, especially if you're visiting with us today, a great welcome to you. I do invite you if you're a visitor, if you have questions, seek out someone with a name tag. That means they've been around a while and can help you out. Certainly seek out one of us out here. We certainly want you to feel welcome here at Westminster. Let's join together now in our community prayer. It's printed in the bulletin. Let us pray. Lord God, you have seen what was before us. You are with us now. You know what lies ahead. As we seek new ways to understand and express our faith, we align them with your will. Grant us what we need for the journey. Lead us away from harm to ourselves and to each other. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, know that God has made a place for each one of us. This is a place full of life and love, full of forgiveness and mercy, full of kindness and justice. Let each of us rest in that place, knowing that we are held by God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now I'd like to invite any of the children who are worshiping with us this morning to join me here at the front. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. So when you head off to Sunday school, those of you who are younger in age, who are in about second grade and younger, you're going to hear a story about a temple being built, a very special building being built. And the people worked really hard to make sure it had nice strong walls and a good roof. And when it was done, when the temple was done, they were so excited and they rejoiced and they praised and they were able to worship in the temple and they were able to really feel God's presence there in the temple. And you know what? During all the building and all the rejoicing and all the thanksgiving, God was there with the people, celebrating with them as they had this major accomplishment in the life of their community. And then fast forward many, many, many years, and those of you who are a little older, say third grade and older today, you're actually gonna hear a story that is much sadder. So the temple has been a very important fixture in the life of this community, but things start happening and people start coming in and all of a sudden, the temple gets destroyed. All of their hard work that had happened so many years before, and the people are sad, they're angry, they're a little scared too, because this has been such an important part of their lives. But you know what? Even in the midst of their sadness and their fright and their anger, God is still with them. 
That's what I really like about both of the stories that you all will be hearing today is that knowledge that when things are going really well in our lives and we're celebrating and we're giving thanks, God is with us. And then those times in our lives when things aren't going so well, when maybe something has happened that has made us sad or angry, God is with us then too. There is never a time in our life when God is not there with us. And that really fills me with a lot of joy. So I hope when you hear these stories today, you might think about those times when you know that God is with you in your life. And I'll give you a hint. It's every time. All right, so we're going to head off to Sunday school as I pick up my temple building. I see Fred standing back there. If you're in second grade or younger, you're going to go with him. And then Catherine right here is going to be with you if you're in third grade or older. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. One of the ways we strengthen our ties as a community is we share our joys and concerns. We're going to mix it up a little bit today and and begin with a moment of quiet to center ourselves and allow those things that are on our hearts that we would like to lift up for the community to, to rise up a little bit. So let's take a moment in prayerful quiet. And what's on your heart that you'd like to share with the wider community? Please, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Sharon remembers uh, a number of loved ones who've received prayer from this congregation in times of need, including her granddaughter who just went out very healthy looking on the way to Sunday school. But a couple of years ago this time, she was in the ICU. And so it's a way of saying thank you for your prayers and for the love that you share with one another in times of trial. Others? Yeah, please. I thank you for this time. I, I missed you last week. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations, a new grandfather. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, please. I can't see who's, the, I see the hand. I can't see who it's coming from. Well, there's, I've got me, me too, but behind, yeah. It's wonderful to have, yeah. 
It's wonderful to see you again, and welcome. And we hope to see more of you, and we hope to care for you in ways that are helpful. Others? Yeah, Mimi. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to honor Mimi in just a moment, but she wants to give thanks for all of those of you who reached out to her with well wishes and, and, and concern, and she's had a, a lot of struggles over this past year. It's great to see you back, by the way. It's nice to see the Wheelers here. It's always fun to see uh, old, uh, old friends back here, so it's nice to see you. Anyone else? Yeah, Porter. That's right. Yeah. 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 Thank you. We're pr- the middle schoolers right now are sailing across the bay. This is very biblical. We take the Bible story seriously. <laughs> Hopefully, they will not attempt the walking on water one, but um, they're off for a fun day in the city, and we do send uh, prayers. Nancy. Yeah. Always good to see Marilyn and Peter back. Yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, Before we go into our time of prayer, I'm going to invite Mimi forward. Mimi Cross, come on forward. This is a really special day, a bittersweet day. I'll say more when we get up front, but it's great to have you here. You want to do a step or no? Yeah, I'm too slow. No, that's okay. We're old lady now. Oh, no. I don't know about that. There you go. So this is a day where we're honoring Mimi's retirement from the choir. Mimi has been singing in this choir for 34 years. Oh. She just whispered 32, which means you have to stay for two more. And uh, there's room. But it's, it's important to mark transitions like this. One, so that we can say thank you. Imagine a worship service without music. Unimaginable, actually, if you ask me. And a choir has such an important role in lifting up the music when you sing with us, and then when you sing to us, a way of lifting our spirits. Preachers love to think you all come to hear us. (laughs) But we all know that the tears always come during the music. It reaches us on a different level. So we want to say thank you for singing and being part of this joyful chorus. And we want to bless you on this new time in your life. And you have a a number of folks that came to be with you. If you are a loved one of Mimi's who came to see this day special, would you stand up so we can see you and honor you too? What an honor to have you here. And what a wonderful thing. Um, Let's say a prayer. Will you pray with me? Bless this dear servant of your heavenly song, O God. We give thanks for her years of dedication and devotion. We honor the way Mimi and others give of their time, give of their talent to make Westminster what it is. We ask that this new chapter is filled with blessings of its own. And that you remain a melodic thread that runs through her life. And that beneath 
And within each and every moment, your refrain to her is audible. You are my child, my beloved. Bless Mimi. Bless this choir, which doesn't search for replacements, but does seek new voices to add to the countless others so that all of us may be held in the sacred arms of song as they come to pray to their God each Sunday. We pray all these things, and indeed everything, in Christ's name. Amen. We love you. Thank you. We perhaps do not stop to say thank you enough for the people who serve this church in so many ways. And so whether it's singing in the choir or serving on a, a committee or helping to teach our youngest ones, please search deep inside to see what gift that you have that you could offer the greater community. We are what we are because of you. Well, 32 years of, of devil base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, now they're asking for snacks. We better pray. <laughs> Let us pray. Gracious one, we know that you hear all the prayers of our hearts. We know that you have heard the things spoken today. And we know that you mine our hearts for those things unspoken. This weekend, O oh God, when our nation asks us to remember veterans, we pause in quiet to hold in love those in our hearts whose lives place them in harm's way. We acknowledge the cost for individuals and for families. We name with broken hearts suicide rates for those who've served. We pray for all who suffer, and most of all, we pray that you would speed the day when peace will reign forever and ever. We pray these things in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.
scripture reading this morning is Psalm 98. Please listen for God's message to us. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the king, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is holy wisdom, holy word. I wanted to give a little more context of why our middle schoolers are sailing. uh, We just think it's more helpful, maybe even more important for our students to have experiences with the topics that we discuss here rather than just trying to instill certain dogmas in them. So as we've talked about fellowship and what it means to have a group of people that you can depend on for encouragement and accountability, one of the natural questions is, where do I find a group of people like that? And you find it through mutual experiences like sailing to Ghirardelli Square. So we put them on boats and sent them away. I'll go meet with them uh, after this and come back. Uh, But I do want to say a big thank you to people who are not here. Todd Moody, one of our middle school leaders who pretty much made this happen, and Jim and Johnny Gibbs, who are also sailing with our students. Uh, It's one of the things about youth ministry that, as I've gone back into it full-time, being here, I realize is uh, one of the sort of unfortunate truths behind it is there is a lot of turnover in in this line of work. Most people don't last very long, and so you develop friendships with colleagues and people who do the same or similar work as you in the area, and they're gone the next day. For instance, my friend Dustin Box, who is the youth pastor at New Life Assembly in Nevada, uh, or he won't be uh, come the second week of December. And the reason he won't be is kind of mysterious and really interesting. But before that, you know, this time last year, he and I were planning things with a long-term vision of what we could do together uh, in the area. And... Things started to change, as he explained to me, during their winter trip, uh, I think in February of last year. As he was kind of setting up some last-minute things, he said, you know, I just stopped, and I thought, you know, let me take some time to pray for our trip, pray for our students. And during that time in prayer, he just felt that God was saying, this is your last trip with this youth group. And he didn't really know what to make make of that, so he just kind of tucked it in the back of his head. They had a first time they'd ever done this sort of winter trip before, and they did it, and they had a great experience, and he came home, and he saw his partner, Savannah, his wife, and she said, you know, it's good you're home. It just sort of felt like this is our last trip, and he thought, well, that's a little strange, 
So he told her about his own prayer, and they thought this was enough to maybe follow up with somebody, a friend, a mentor they trust. So he scheduled time to meet with their, pa their senior pastor, Caleb. And Caleb is not just a senior pastor of New Life. He also serves on a board that plants churches in college towns around the United States, maybe around the world, I can't quite remember. But one of the pastors on that board who also works in one of these churches said, you know, we've got this new position that's opened up and we'd really like to hire someone from the outside for the first time. Everyone we've hired so far has come from within our church. We want to hire someone. We think it's important to get someone with an outside perspective and it would be great if they had a youth ministry background because we really want to solidify that sort of part of our ministry before we start expanding to new areas. And Caleb also said that they were looking for someone that had a musical background, that that was somewhere something that they had a, a dearth of talent. And did I mention that Dustin also leads worship at New Life on occasion and not only plays guitar, he actually builds guitars himself by hand. <laughs> and they said, there's another thing, it's important as a church plant to have a kind of entrepreneurial mindset. Those of you who've been startups, you know the similar thing. And did I also mention that Dustin runs a podcast where he interviews people locally and nationally. He uh, helps run a clothing line and he does side electrical work. <laughs> and Caleb finally said, and there's one other really weird, unique thing they're looking for. And it was, and it made me think about you because they said a lot of their community and congregation are in this ultimate fighting championship thing, so anyone with MMA experience would be good. And did I tell you that Dustin is actually a trained mixed martial arts fighter in Muay Thai and Taekwondo and, okay, I have to be honest, the last part isn't really true, but I, I really just wanted to tell you because I think it's the coolest thing that there's a youth pastor out there who can truly make children submit to the will of God. I asked him once if, uh, you know, you, you know teenagers and college students, and do they ever test you, and how far does that go? And he said, he, said, he told me some stories, but he said, you know, there was one time where I let them all punch me in the face, and I just want you to know that's not happening here, okay? <laughs> we will do lots of things, but I'm not going to let the teenagers punch me in the face. So, so... Uh, he, he said what Caleb says, you know, when this came up, I couldn't help but think about you, Dustin, when this opportunity came up, because it fits even more of who you are and what you want to do than what we're currently doing here. Uh, so I would love it if you thought about it and just think about it. He goes home, tells his wife and says, oh, you know, honey, I got this. And Caleb said there's actually a job offer. She says, well, that's great. He said, but there's one catch to it. Oh, what's that? It's in Oakland. Well, not that Oakland. Oakland, Maine. <laughs> and she says, well, what difference does that make? We'll go to Maine. It's great. You should at least apply and see what happens. And so she convinces him. And, and I, as he's telling me this, I said, when was the last time you applied for a job? He goes, nine years ago when I came here. What do you do for a resume? He said, well, it was funny. I opened my Mac, opened the Pages app, and I just downloaded the first resume template I found and started entering information. <laughs> Work history, new life, simply, you know, uh, contact information, education, other skills. I don't really have any of those, you know, just send. <laughs> Bare bones resume, just send. Uh, in the meantime, new life's youth ministry is going along. 
just trying to be faithful, doing day by day the things that we're called to do. And, and he says that uh, just a couple days before they leave for their summer trip, which for them is a camping and rafting trip, uh, in an unrelated incident to mixed martial arts, Dustin broke his hand and he then couldn't go rafting and couldn't go camping with the youth group. And he said, I started to remember that first prayer where God said, this is your last trip. And I was worried that this might be a Jacob scenario. And for those of you who may or may not know, Jacob being the grandson of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac of Jacob of the book of Genesis, there's this moment in Jacob's life where he wrestles with an angel and the angel won't, he won't let go of the angel, and the angel breaks Jacob's hip to make him let go. And so he said, well, now I'm starting to think I should really take this process more seriously at the risk that God may break something else. So there are a lot of other interesting coincidences that took place over the course of time. He went to visit this church in Maine, immediately hit it off, got a great rapport with everyone. They were texting each other immediately. Just great friendships were sparked there. Uh, Savannah has partnered, one of her friends just calls him out of the blue and says, are you moving? She goes, oh no, we're not moving. She said, and they hadn't told anything to anyone, told anyone about any of this. And she just said, it just felt like God was telling me that you're going to be moving soon. I wanted you to be brave and courageous and don't worry, it's going to be okay. (laughs) And so eventually... Dustin says yes to this new job, and he's telling us this, and we can't help but be excited for him. How exciting is that when you see all these stars align and all these interesting coincidences, and dare I say maybe even God's will telling you to do something, we can't help but be excited. But, again, he's got a family with four children and multiple dogs. I lost count of how many dogs they have. And they've got to move this whole group of living organisms over 3,000 miles to Maine. And his California native family, this is a perfect time to move to Maine in December, (laughs) which is exactly when you want to be introduced to New England weather. He's got a transition from crabs to lobsters, and that's, (laughs) that's actually not that bad, but... But there are all these little things. They have to find new schools for their kids. They know their neighbors now. They know their neighbors' stories. Where they're going, they don't know their neighbors' names. They don't know who they are. They don't know their backgrounds. We love new things. For some of you, when I tell you Dustin's story, you can't wait to Facebook friend him and click congratulations. I think we love new things, but we don't always love the process by which they happen. You know... For instance, we're very happy that right now there is a road that has been built on Tiburon Boulevard, and we love new roads, but we don't always love the road work that comes with it, because the road work is noisy, and there's jackhammers, and it messes things up, and especially if you're trying to sleep next to it. It's great getting new things, but some of times it's just noisy and chaotic and a mess. We love new churches. So many of us are looking forward to the day when we have a new kitchen and a new narthex and new building and the things aren't falling down. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're not happy when you can't get a hold of the staff because the phones aren't working in our, new, in our satellite office. 
We love the idea of a, maybe you can, you remember when you moved here or when you had a big move. And it was exciting. And you were overflowing with sort of joy about that and the unexpected and the new job you got or maybe it was a, a significant other you met or a person, a friend, a child. And you can remember meeting them for the first time and being overwhelmed with kindness and compassion and love, it makes complete sense that we would feel that way. That we would feel the same as we feel when we are close to God. When we are closest to God, we feel so full of compassion and love and kindness. And it's just like that time when you've met that child or that grandchild or niece or nephew of yours. When you get that new promotion and you just say, man, this is amazing. I can't believe that I got this job. We even use a faith language to explain it to each other. We say things like, I can't believe it. We love these new things, but we don't always love the whole process by which they come. This psalm is a very easy one to preach about, uh, as was assigned in the lectionary from the PCUSA. Sing to sing of joy. Sing a new song to the Lord. All the heavens, all the earth, everybody. That sounds great, but being the cynical skeptic that I am, I can't let you enjoy your Sunday morning like that. <laughs> I have to think about, or I can't help but think about the implications of that, the process of that. For instance, on the cover of your bulletin is a line from the Apostle Paul that sounds eerily similar. I wonder if he had it in mind. I wonder if he had this psalm in mind when he writes this to the people in Rome. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. That sounds really good. I like that part, but what about the beginning of that verse? What about the beginning? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death. Ooh, that doesn't sound so good. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. We love new things, but we don't always love the way that they come about. We pursue new things with joy and excitement. We know that there's extra work. That child, that person, that significant other, that child grows up and you have to change its diapers, you have to feed it, you have to provide it shelter. Uh, that new house that you got, the toilets leak, the sink leaks, the roof needs to be replaced. It takes work. Your marriage or your relationships they're wonderful joys, but they require work. My marriage requires work. When I asked my lovely wife if I could say that, she said, quote, a lot of work. <laughs> so, uh, unquote. <laughs> These things require work. And that's one of the reasons why we're always chasing after new things. 
it's part of our evolutionary instinct that we try to, uh, psychologists say we try to control our own emotions by seeking moments of joy. It's why we have retail therapy. We go shopping to get new things. We go shopping to get new things to such an extent that just three years ago, in the United States of America, we spent $4.8 trillion on retail goods. That is enough to cover the entire surface of the earth with $100 bills. Kind of makes you wonder if that's the surface of the earth. What do we do with all that stuff? Probably we don't. <laughs> we love the idea of getting new things. We love that whole process. We love the joy of seeing new life. We love the joy of getting those new adventures, there's new experiences, but man, the process is rough. Maybe you and your family, you're in the trenches right now. Maybe you have teenagers at home and their independence is pushing against your will and you're not sure where this thing is headed or maybe even worse, you're overly confident about where it's headed. <laughs> but can I tell you that the Spirit of God is present in that work. Let's remember the words of Paul, that our faith begins in the grave with someone in the darkness before they come to new life. And I would go even further to say that not just is the Spirit of God with you in those hard times, this is exactly where God wants to be is with you right there, right now. There is this uh, famous poem that some of you might be familiar with uh, called The Footsteps of Jesus, where there are two people walking on a beach and there are uh, two sets of footprints in the sand. And this is a metaphor for this person's life. And when they reach the end of their life, they look back with Jesus and they see that at certain points along their path, there's only one set of footprints. And those moments when there are one set of footprints, they realize is when they had the hardest times in their life. And they said, Jesus, what is this all about? Why were the, where were you when I went through the hardest times? And he said, oh, dear child, don't you know it's then that I was carrying you? The Spirit of God is present with you through all of that. Maybe you are just not sure how you're going to continue to keep up with the maddening costs of living here, and you don't know if there's a move ahead of you or not. The Spirit of God is present with you through that whole process. Maybe you're banging your head against a table because you've been trying so hard to do what is right for this planet, for your neighbors, for your community, for this church, for whomever, and you just feel like it is going nowhere, people are even pushing back against you. The Spirit of God is present with you. And even more, I would gladly believe that God is excited to be exactly right there with you. The thing I love about my friend Dustin is uh, he's just a faithful guy through that whole process. You know, in, in his mind, through this whole thing, all he knew that he should be doing is just doing his best to follow the life and teachings of Jesus Christ because as a musician, he knew 
that there would be a new song at the end. He didn't know what it would look like. He didn't know if it would be more work. He didn't know if it would be more complicated than the current song he's singing. But he knows that there's a new song. And that song will be a blessing to all of us. And that too is an important point. Lest we think that God only cares about you and your family, or God only cares about me and my family, God cares about all of us. Again, listen to the song. He has remembered His loving kindness and His faithfulness to the house of Israel, to, all, to God's children. We sing this new song. We recognize God's love. Shout, but then shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. It's not just about us in this room. It's about everyone. We all shout for joy. Let the seas roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord. This is about everybody. There is a new song coming. It is a song of joy. It is a song of love. It is a song of kindness and gladness. There is a new song coming. For you are doing marvelous things. And God is with you through that whole process, knowing full well that a new song is coming. Amen.
You may be seated. As always, there is a lot going on in the life of this community, and I hope you take a few moments each week to read your bulletin in full or to check out the website or follow us on social media so that you can get more deeply connected to this community seeking faith. A few I'd like to highlight for you. The first really is a joy that should have gone earlier in the service, and that's simply from the stewardship committee about how well things are going with the annual fundraising campaign. And I know they're planning some special ways to offer a thanks to the congregation, but to those who've pledged, thank you so much for the ways in which you support this church. And for those who are yet uh, yet to pledge, we um, are grateful in advance for whatever you can do to help us. Uh, Along similar lines, the nominating committee continues to do their work to nominate elders and deacons and other official leaders in the church. So our ask to you is to be prayerful about whether you might be being called to serve in a leadership role here or there's somebody around you that you really respect and want to have decisions and caregiving placed in their hands for the next uh, term. So if you uh, fall into one of those categories, see one of the staff or see Michael Hatfield, chair of the nominating committee. The next two weeks, we will be having what we call the alternative Christmas fair. It's like a market where you don't buy stuff stuff for you, what you do is you support causes for others, and really, really important causes in the community locally and beyond, and so uh, I hope you can be here the next couple of weeks between the services and after this service. Uh, You'll have time uh, in Finley Hall to peruse the various causes you can support, so as we enter this season, which becomes this shopping frenzy, we can actually begin it instead by thinking of how we can bless others with our treasures. And finally, as was alluded to in the sermon, if you haven't noticed, our phones are still not working. We have been relocated to Redwoods Presbyterian Church in Larkspur, and we've got offices there, and they're functioning well, and we've had a few people come and see us, which is wonderful. Uh, But our phone system was so archaic that it couldn't be transferred. It has to be upgraded to an Internet uh, service, which needed to happen anyway, so we might as well do it now. And Diane Masarway in the office has been working tirelessly with Comcast, which is, of course, always easy, um, <laughs> to, to make that happen. And so, but you can reach us. So if you email us, we try to check as much as we can. If you stop by if you need to. Um, and also, if you anticipate having a need, you know, you're, you're free to have my cell number because we want you to be able to be in touch with us, and we'll get that solved just as soon as we can. Uh, Finally, if if you need to meet with one of us, we have space to meet with you over in our new offices, our temporary offices, but we're also happy to come to you, uh, meet in a place between us or come to your home, whatever works for you. We want to stay in touch even though we've moved a couple miles up the road. So with that, embody your spirit. Let us rise for our closing hymn, number 26.
Engines in steel, loud pounding hammers. I love that. You know, just because you don't notice God's presence doesn't mean it's not there. So as you do these marvelous things, may you sing a new song today and tomorrow. Amen. Thank you.